As you stand, can you, I'm sorry, to, can you rise? Uh, I'm going to read one passage, just one verse uh, from Judges, book of Judges 6, 12. You have a program with you, right? Some of you do not have a program? Okay, if you have a program, let's, let's read this passage together. Let's begin. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, you, The Lord is with you, my dear warrior. Uh, I think they misspelled there, right? Imitating faith, ancestral. Sounds better, but it's ancestor, right? You may be seated. You may be seated. <clears throat> we are back to the sermon series called uh, Imitating Fair Ancestor, not Ancestral. Uh, today I'm going to talk about Gideon. Who was Gideon? Uh, I would say he was ordinary farm boy. Uh, but later he became uh, like hero in Israel. He was an extraordinary person who led the people of Israel from the hands of um, Midianites. He had a full of doubt about God and about himself. But uh, later he became man of faith, who is listed in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. He made it in the list of the book of Hebrew, one of the faith ancestors. Uh, yeah, he was nobody that no one recognized, but he became somebody that everyone recognized. What happened to him? Simply say, God visited him, and God changed his life. It wasn't Gideon. It was God. God visited Gideon. And God changed his life. If I share a little bit about his background in Gideon's time, uh, nation of Israel, they've been going through, I would, I would say, worst time of a period that uh, the, the nation was built. Uh, when Israel sinned against God, God handed them, Israelite, to the hands of Median, Medianites. For seven years. Seven years. During the seven years, they were suffering. And literally, they, they were frustrated. They were having so much heart. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially. Whenever they plan something, these Medianites take all the clubs away. So they hide themselves in the cave. And they had to you know, live under this pressure and fear. Remember, whenever God's people sin against God, God is always sending them, hand them over to like gentle nation. They go through suffering. I came up with this five S. Whenever people sin, when Israel sin, suffering takes place. And then people shouting, they cry out, you know, God, deliver us from hands of Midianite. We're dying. Do something for us. Deliver us. That's uh, shouting. Then God sent them Savior. Like a prophet or judges in this case. To save them. Then still come, still. I would say still. Peace take place in the land of Israel. Then they sin again. Then they shouted again, 
then God sends the Savior, then still comes then. You know, it's like very, you know, like recycling, kind of, you know, repeating things, cycle, repeating cycles. And they chose Gideon to deliver Israelites from hands of Midianite. And happened to be God chose Gideon. But it seems like when you read the text, you haven't read the text, right? Whole text. But when you look at the Judges 6 and 7 and 8, he doesn't seem to fit to save his people from the hands of, you know, Midianite. Because he had, a, he had a, such fears. Fears actually dominated him. He's not a right person. If I choose an inadequate person, he would be the most inadequate person to save his people from the hands of Midianite. But God chose Gideon. If you think you are not all together, I don't think God will ever use me because I'm not really ready to be used by God. Expect God will do something because that's how he uh, performs a salvation work. When he visited, uh, when the angel of God visited Gideon, look at what uh, Gideon was doing. The angel of the Lord came, and I love the expression, Lord came. He visits, he visited Gideon, and sat down under the oak tree in Oprah, that belonging to the Joash's son. Gideon was doing what? Threshing with in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. He was doing threshing with. You know, usually you got to do that on the threshing floor. You have to have a big space to do the, you know, threshing job. Yet he was doing uh, in the wine press. This is a narrow, deep, small place. Why did he do that? Because he was afraid of Midianite. He had so much fear. He was doing that. This, I guess, the verse kind of describes the situation that Israelite had to face. I would say misery, frustration. He was so hungry, tried to, you know, pick up the grains by hiding, hiding in this uh, wine press. They were living in the cave. And that's the moment the angel of God visited Gideon. If you say, my life is so miserable, I got so much frustration, I got so much fear. If that is you, maybe this is the time that God can Bitches you. He always bitches us. And this is what uh, this is how God changed uh, Gideon's life. He was a fearful person, yet he became mighty warrior. He had so much doubt, but God changed him as a man of faith. How did he do it? If God did it to Gideon's life, I think he can do it to us. Let me share just three simple points. God encouraged Gideon. 
God encouraged Gideon. You know what? God loved to change people's life, right? He did my, I mean, he changed my life. He changed many of us, right? And this is how God changed people's life. I think he does that with a step. He first encouraged people. He sort of like trusts you. He's like affirm. He's like he affirms you. Look at, I mean, this is the first word. He appeared to Gideon, and this is how. Uh, it's working? Okay. Okay. This is the first word that God, angel of God, told Gideon. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Wow. Isn't that affirmation? I mean, isn't this encouragement? When he heard the pro- Are you talking to me or are you talking to someone else? Mighty warrior? He was thrashing with in the wine press. He was so scared. Yet, God addressed him, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. That's how God sees us. He loved to encourage his people, his children. He didn't see present Gideon, but he saw potential future Gideon, right? Just like Jesus uh, changed Simon, son of John's name, to Petra, the Peter rock. I think Peter was the most unstable person in the New Testament. One of the, you know, among the disciples, he was the most unstable person. He was upset and down emotionally, right? But Jesus said, Peter, you know what? I want to call you Petra. You're going to be rock. Steady person. My goodness. He saw the future of Peter, right? That's how he lived. He was the strong, like rock kind of leader in first, first century church. And that's how God uh, sees us. When he said that, this is how Gideon responded. But sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all these wonders that our fathers told us about when they say, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hands of millions. You notice the expression, if, why, where, but. These are the words that insecure person loves to use. He didn't believe you, you got to be kidding. Not me, right? I'm not fit to this task, Lord. Get other person. And... Uh, this is how Jesus, God responded. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have. What an encouragement again. What kind of strength? Did, I mean, did he have strength? He said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? What kind of strength did Gideon have? What, what kind of strength is, is he talking about? It was strength that God was sending him. It wasn't his own strength. It was strength that God was sending. If God sent us, he's going to provide us the strength. That's what that means. If God called you, he's going to provide all the things that you need. 
we have a short-term missionaries going to kind of go to uh, Mexico, right? This, if you think you're not ready, that's fine. If you think you're not really strong enough, it's okay. He's going to provide the strength so that you can do his work. Not as your work. It is ultimately his work, right? But still, look at how Gideon said, But Lord, Gideon asked, How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in the Manasseh, and I'm the least in my family. He talks about his you know, clan. You know, he was born in Oprah. I look up the dictionary, it says, there's a place of dustiness. Oprah is a place of, he was born in a small village called Place of Dustiness. And it reminds me of uh, the place that I visited, Kabul, when I went to Kabul and Afghanistan. We drove like five, six hours and dusty, you know, everywhere. When we went to India, some remote places, you know, they are like so dusty, you know. Like South, South Africa, America, and many you know, places, like countryside, remote places. You don't really see potential there, Lord. Maybe you got wrong address. I mean, this is not the right place. Not only that, I'm smallest. I'm youngest among my family. Sorry. You got a wrong person. But did you know, God loved to choose small and weak to make strong and big numbers shameful. <laughs> that's how he does. I mean, that's how God. Remember when God appeared to Moses? How, how did he respond? He didn't say, you got the right person, Lord. I'm the one. Please send me. I'm going to deliver my people from the Egypt. He didn't say that. He said, Lord, who am I? Who am I going to face Pharaoh? I'm nobody. Remember when God appeared to Jeremiah? He said, I can't even speak. I'm a child. Wrong, wrong person. But God loves to choose those are small, weak, to the great work. And I mean, you know, God is very patient, God. And he's, when he when he don't say that, this is what the Lord said. Lord, uh, you know, when you look at the verse 11 to 13, the end of the Lord, all of a sudden changed to, in verse 14, changed to the Lord. I think he was like, they'll be mad. <laughs> How come you don't get it? And the Lord answered, I will be with you. Wow, what affirmation, right? What encouragement. And you will strike them all mid and eyes together. Wow. He trusted, God trusted Gideon. It's, I mean, many weeks ago know that I, Still play table tennis, but I studied when I was fifth grader in Korea. You know, I apply, and many like, many new people were like future dreaming uh, ping pong star. They were they were they came. They had limited tables, so you can't really play. I think we had only four tables, like we have hundred people. Can you imagine? So we don't have chance to hit the wall. So they kind of send them away. They te- do a little test and they send them away. And I pass. I love to play table tennis. I want to learn table tennis. So first uh, summer vacation, many people drop off because vacation, they go to vacation, right? They don't want to come to school to learn things. I, I, of course, I want to learn. So I went. And one day, I got falsely accused as a thief 
Someone was stealing the money from people's pocket. And I still remember my friend. He had a nickname in Korean. It's like Soulfish. It's Soulfish. His name is Soulfish. Kalchi. And then he falsely accused me as a thief. I was like, where did you get that idea? I was so... I felt so unfair. I was so frustrated. I mean, you can't... How can you not trust me? I'm your friend. And you know, you know he, when he reported that to the coach, coach, I think my Korean name is Kyungwook. I think Kyungwook is stealing the money. What? And when he heard that, he, he called me and said, you cannot play table tennis. You cannot be a table tennis player same time being a thief. What kind of statement is that? I tried to prove my innocence, but he didn't take it. He said, go home. Pack your stuff and go home. I was so frustrated. I was crying, literally. And what am I going to say to my mom? I was picking up my stuff. I was crying. But, you know, like frustration, I was walking. And the place where we were playing and the, the main gate of school is kind of far. I walked like crying. And Mrs. Coach, he followed me. And he had me, this is like ice cream stick. The, you know, the double stick. And he took it out. And she, you know, take one and, and she gave me one. Take this, Kyungwook. And you know what she told me that day? I still vividly remember. It's been like 40 some years. She told me, you know, Kyungwook, I trust you. I believe in you. I was like, why don't you tell your husband? <laughs> My goodness! After that incident, I think there was a fourth grader girl that she was the one who stole the money. She stole the money and she tried to put the money back and she got caught. So my falsification was kind of you know, lifted. I still remember the Mrs. Coach told me, Kyung, I, I, I believe in you. You know, what I want to say this to you is, even if you don't believe in yourself, there are a lot of people, they don't believe in, I mean, we don't really believe in ourselves. Even your parents, even your friends, don't, if they don't believe in you, I want you to know this. God believes in you. He's, an he's, he's great encourager. He loves encouraged people. That's how he changes us. That's first step. Second step, he wait for Gideon. He, when God visits us, He encourages us, then He waits for us. Notice the passage. We, didn't, uh, yeah, we haven't read the passage, but let me just read it. Gideon replied, If now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign. He was looking for the sign that it is really you, really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until you return. Oh, when I read the passage, that really touched me. I will wait until you return. That's how God waits. Just like father waiting for prodigal son. You know, God waits for us until we really face him face to face. He does wait. 
he had a doubt. He still had a doubt. That's why he prepared the meal. You know, like he killed the goat and you know, like put it on on the rock. It was kind of. I mean, it was really. They were starving. People were starving. Israel was starving. But he prepared the meal. At least he was doing best, preparing the meal and put the broth on top of it. Then angel of the Lord with his stick touch the rock. The flares come from the you know rock and consume everything. Then he realized Gideon realized it was God that he faced, that he talked, you know, talked to. Why is he waiting for us? If we does, why is he waiting for us? That we can say, You are really God. My goodness, I thought I was believing some illusion. Myth, story that my parents told me, but it is really you. You know what he wants to hear from us? Jesus, you are the Son of God. You are the Son of a living God. He wants to hear that our profession, that our confession. That's why I love to sing that praise, He is the Lord. I mean, we've been singing that song for how many? 15 years. I love to sing that song because that's our faith. That's who we are. Love to profess our faith. God, you are the living God. And he loved to hear that statement from us. That's why he waits. He doesn't force us. Do you know that? God is so gentle. He doesn't force you to say it. Say it. You know, he doesn't do that. He waits until, he, until we say it. And... Uh, Verse 22, uh, when Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Oh, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, You know, usually when you see the God face to face, since you are so filthy and dirty, we cannot face holy God. So, you know, like you will die just like this. But the Lord said to him, Peace, do not be afraid. You are going to die. You are, you are not going to die. Sorry. <laughs> so Gideon built an altar to the Lord. There's called it Lord is a peace. Jehovah Shalom. What's that? That's expression. Jehovah Shalom. You know, we need to have peace, right? We need to have a peace. Why did he uh, build the why did he build the altar there? Altar means that's the place where I met God. And you will remember. But I keep looking at that. Oh, yeah, I remember. That's the way God met me. That's the way God found me. So I think Christian life is like this. We have overwhelming experience that Christ met me. At someone, one of the pastors, I was listening to one of the pastors. He described him very beautifully in Korean. He was sharing, our life is like journey. You take in foggy, foggy place. It's so foggy, you cannot see much. But you hear, you smell the aroma of flowers. You smell such a, wow, great, you know, like, like roses and flowers, right? Then when you keep going, you will pass that area, place where you had a great beauty, aroma of flower. Yet you will remember 
Even though you left from that place, you remember. And life is continuing pursuing that, that aroma and, and seeking, you know, reality of life. It was a similar thing. I, mean, I, I thought that was really awesome. Yeah, we have to remember the overwhelming experience that we have. I mean, Christ found me when I was 17. That was a very overwhelming experience. Wow. I didn't know much, but he found me. And I still remember. You know, the altar is remembering him. But we have to meet him so that he will remember, right? The peace of God, Jehovah Shalom, you know, now is a battlefield. I mean, he's thinking about fighting against like number of like you know medianites right but inside he has to have peace of god shalom of god so that he can truly fight against them see we need to have peace of god so that we can fight against this battle life itself is battle isn't it i mean you guys all agree right life itself is a battlefield and we need to have peace Shalom of peace, Shalom of uh, Jehovah Shalom. How can we have Shalom? Prince of Peace has to come and dwells in us. Who is Jesus Christ, right? So we have to meet Him face to face. For that reason, God waits. And He waits until we are fully ready to take His mission. Last point, when he visits us, he encourages and he waits for us and he empowers us. God empowered Gideon. Verse 34, uh, then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and he blew a trumpet. You know, the, that Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. That expression, when you look at the original text, Hebrews, uh, it is more like the Spirit of God covers you with your cloth. Clothes you. That's the word expression. I was like, wow, what an awesome expression. Well, it's going to be awesome when the Spirit of God covers me with you know, His Spirit. What if, isn't, I mean, don't you think it's going to be awesome? What do you think? I was so excited. I mean, wow, it's going to be awesome if I get clothed by His Spirit. Then I realized, wait a minute. Not only he just covered me with his clothes with the spirit, but he dwells in me. When we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, right? He dwells in us, right? That's why Paul said to Corinthians, "Don't you know you have God's temple and Holy Spirit dwells in you? Don't you know that I'm dwelling in you?" Yes. That's why he can say, "You are mighty warrior." When Christ's Spirit comes into our lives, He does tremendous work. I mean, He was a fearful person. He became a mighty warrior, bold person. He changed us. But when the Spirit of God comes upon us, we will do some tremendous work, something that we can't even imagine. I was as I was preparing this message, you know, like, you know, like when I think about Gideon, I always think about Gideons with 300, you know, warriors, right? And same time, 
Gideon's Bible Society. You guys familiar with Gideon's Bible Society? Right? I, I looked, and I found out that they started about eight, nine, 1898. Two businessmen traveled to one of the cities in the U.S., and they didn't find a room. They, happened to, they didn't know each other, but happened to have one room, sharing like double bedroom. And they were both were believers. They, were, they traveled a lot as a businessman. They talk about how can it impact this generation. They discuss. One guy named John, one guy named Samuel. And they, they kind of agree upon, like, hey, following you, why don't you do something? So we gathered businessmen and do something. And following you, they start to have a Gideon Bible Society. They start to distribute the Bible in public schools and mostly hotels, right? When you go to a hotel, you have a, when you open the drawer, you have a Bible. It's Gideon's Bible. Now they've been distributing 1.7 billion Bibles. 1.7 copies of Bible. Isn't that amazing? One friend of mine, he was totally drunk before he became Christian. He think about coming to suicide in a hotel in Manila. He opened the, he opened the you know, drawer and he found the Bible. He read it, he became a Christian. He's impacting this generation. I know so many stories. Two people started, hey, I think we can do something. You know, they, that's why they named after the, the, the organization as a Gideon Bible Society. Because even though they were small in numbers, they destroyed numerous Midianites. It was the work of Holy Spirit. 300 people. Fighting with 135,000. You know, when you think about uh, 300, we tend to think, like, in the movie, the 300, right? That's a different story. <laughs> They're Persia against the uh, Greeks, right? Greece. Sparta, soldiers. They were courageous. They were like, wow. But this guy, 300, with Gideons, three weapons. They had a torch, the jar, and the trumpet. Can you kill people with trumpet? I think our brothers actually killing a lot of people, right? <laughs> you know, it was God, right? It was God. As I uh, conclude the message, um, I thought about one of our missionaries who attends our KM uh, service. He's 93 years old. He was the first missionary sent by Korean church after Korean War. He spent almost 50 years in the mission field. When I met him at the Fuller, the like seminary that where I went, he, he, was, he just stopped and always said, hello. He always said, hello, how are you? I mean, usually professors, they don't really stop and say hello to you because they were busy. He always stopped. So he had to stop all the time. <laughs> Imagine that. I was like, wow, something about him. Later, I met him at the church. Beginning of our church, he attend, started attend. He was retired. Uh, two weeks ago, deacons invited him over to dinner, and we just, we talked. And he, one of the deacons asked him, Pastor, uh, missionary uh, Choi, who do you like the most in the Bible as a character? What do you like the most? Again, he humbly shared his thought about, you know, I cannot, I cannot be anybody, but. You know, I like so-and-so and so-and-so. I thought of the same question, you know, on the day. 
on the way coming back home. And what I really like the most in the Bible, you know what I like the most in the Bible? Character I want to be like? Missionary Choi. Wait, is, is he not in the Bible? Is he in the Bible? <laughs> I mean, even though he didn't live that long, he's not in the Bible, right? <laughs> he's not in the Bible, but he's in the Bible. Because Acts 28, you know, Acts 28, Acts 20, chapter 28, but we are the believers, follow Jesus Christ, writing Acts 29. And I know he writes, still writes, the book of Acts chapter 29. So I want to I be like him. I want to be like Dr. Choi. Though he's 93 years old, he's still impacting people. He's a man of the Spirit. And ask him, what do you do this day? You know, where I live, there are a lot of old people, like senior living. Their people are waiting maybe to die. So they're not really happy. They're kind of like that. You know, Whenever we meet people, you know, this is what we're what doing right now. He gives them a big smile. Hello, how are you doing, sir? How are you doing, ma'am? He thought that's the task that God has given to him at this moment. He did a tremendous work, but, you know, what I realized, uh, this is a Korean word, the hwande. I try to find the exact meaning, but it's more like, Welcoming others, uh, hospitable. You're becoming Hwande means like you're embracing people as they are. This is what he does. I mean, I met him like almost 20 years ago. Never changed. He's still very affirming person. He's a very encouraging person. He's always positive. And he's always uh, hospitable. Meaning, uh, He's embracing like strangers to stand on the land. That's what Hande means. Like you, you allow strangers to stand on their on the land as they are. And I thought, hey, that's the man with the spirit. You know, Galatians chapter five twenty two, bearing the spirit, right? Love, peace, and joy, and all those things, right? Yeah, when you are filled with the spirit, that's what that's what happens. You become very Hospitable person. And I realized that is God. Yeah, I want to be like God. He's encouraging, right? I talked today, and I don't want you to remember. I mean, maybe some of you guys not remember anything by Wednesday, but it's okay. But one thing, I want you to remember this. He's going to say to you today, you know what? I believe in you. I believe in you. Even though you don't believe in yourself, I believe in you. Because I'm sending you. Because I'm with you. Let's pray. Lord, uh, thank you for your visitation. I know whenever you visit us, it always begins with encouragement. Sometimes, Father God, we cannot uh, believe in ourselves, Lord. But thank you for believing in us, Lord God. Thank you for seeing us through the eyes of Jesus Christ. 
because your spirit is with us. Yes, we can win this battle, Lord God. Help us to remember that your spirit is always with us. Thank you for waiting for us, Lord God, so that we can say you are the living God. You are real to me, Lord. Lord, would you cover us once again? No, no, it's not covering us, but help us to remember, Lord. Remind us, Father, that we are God's temple and Spirit of God dwelling in us, Lord God. Bless us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.